Shalom, brothers and sisters. Shalom. We have a timely lesson, a detailed lesson today for the brothers and sisters worldwide. Today's lesson will be called The Lust for Money. Today, we're going to go into some of the misconceptions of money, some of the limitations of money, the danger of loving money, brothers and sisters. Society has set up a system where you're constantly trying to define your worth through financial status. The more of a focal point money is in your life, the more elusive true happiness becomes. Money is usually attracted, not pursued. Money is an illusion and is only valuable as long as it is perceived as valuable. We're going to start in Proverbs 8 and 21, brothers and sisters. Proverbs 8, verse 21. That I may cause those that love me to inherit substance, and I will fill their treasures. So we went here because we're not, we're not to think that having money is wrong in itself. So we, that's not what we're, you know, that's not what we're advocating, brothers and sisters. But we must have a proper perspective on wealth. Can you read that one more time, brother? Proverbs 8, verse 21. That I may cause those that love me to inherit substance, and I will fill their treasures. We know that to love the Most High, you must follow His commandments. This is a shortcut way to be successful, brothers and sisters, is to love the Most High God by keeping His commandments. So we went to the scripture to prove that, you know, wealth or money or monetary value is not bad in itself, brothers and sisters. It's what comes from it. And we're going to go into it, brothers and sisters. There's nothing wrong with living comfortably. We're going to go to 1 Timothy 5 and 8, New Testament, brothers and sisters. First Timothy 5, verse 8. But if any provide not for his own... Read that one more time, brother. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he had denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. See, so the Bible commands us to provide the necessities of life for our families and for ourselves, brothers and sisters. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with living comfortably. We can do much more to serve the Most High when life isn't. A constant struggle just to survive. Can you read that one more time, brother? First Timothy 5 and 8. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. And brothers need to really examine this because there's too many brothers out there, especially of the minority uh, communities, that aren't doing this. They aren't taking care of their families. They aren't taking care of their children. You're an infidel, according to the Bible, according to the Most High God. There's nothing worse than a man who don't take care of his children. Mm-hmm. And women, too. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, can you read that one more time before we move on, brother? First Timothy 5, verse 8. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. So we're, we're not saying that money is wrong, brothers and sisters. Money is not wrong. Substance is not wrong. The Most High said he would bless us with substance if we keep his commandments of course and in fact it's it's a commandment that we take care of our families if you don't work you don't eat isn't that what they say brothers and sisters mm-hmm. that's biblical we're going to go to Matthew 6 we're going to start at verse 19 the gospel brothers and sisters Matthew 6 and 19 lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. 
brothers and sisters, we all know that if you've had you know, like boxes of old clothes and there's moths, what does it do? It puts holes in things. It says store. It says do not store treasures upon earth, brothers and sisters. You cannot trust in God and in money at the same time. Belief in one is unbelief in the other, brothers and sisters. A heart that loves money, that banks on money for happiness, is not banking on the Most High. <laughs> Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. Right, because why? Anybody who's had some level of metal knows that over time it, it will rust. It, it's, it's worthless, brothers and sisters. So we should look to... We should look for um, treasure, to store treasures in the heavenly kingdom, not here on earth where things can be taken from you or where they could wither away and be destroyed, brothers and sisters. Uh, Can you read that one more time, brother? Matthew 6, verse 20. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Can you jump to 24, brother? We're going to read 24 through 34. Verse 24. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And that word mammon breaks down to wealth or money. You cannot serve money and serve the most high, brothers and sisters. It's a contradiction. You cannot do it. Continue, brother. Verse 25. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat and what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than the meat and the body than raiment? See, and see, the Most High knew, Christ knew that these particular, um, these particular things are a point of control. Because why? People say, well, I had to sell drugs because my family needs to eat. Or why? I had to swing on a pole because, you know. I had to do that. I'm like, no, you didn't, sister. No, you didn't. You could have had faith, brother. Because you was eating well before you were selling drugs. So the Most High knew that worrying on these things could be a point of control. Continue, brother. Verse 26. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather in barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth, feedeth them. Are ye not much more better than they? So I've, you know, animals don't starve, brothers and sisters. That's what this is saying. And where where do they work at? Do they work at the car wash? Or, you know, do they work at the hospital? Do they work at the military? They don't need to work because why? The Most High cares for that creation too. But does he not care for us much more? The creation that was created in his image, brothers and sisters? It, you know what? The thing is, it's an awesome thing. To know that as believers, we have an inheritance waiting on us in the kingdom. Continue, brother. Verse 27. Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? See, so who can think about it and make themselves taller? None of us, brothers and sisters. None of us. So thinking on things is not going to change anything. Continue, brother. Verse 28. And why take ye thought for raiment? 
Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. When it says they toil not, they, they don't knit clothing, brothers and sisters, but yet they're clothed. This is, these are the attributes. This is the mindset that believers must be in. We can't be controlled by money, brothers and sisters. In, in our communities, especially the, the, the minority black communities, there's a lust for money. And it's promoted all throughout the media. I saw a brother uh, a few days ago. I think he's an artist. He had three watches on one wrist. Only Israel could, <laughs> you know, go all in, all in your mouth. Right, this is what this is what goes on in our communities, brothers and sisters. And who could teach people to floss more than our people? Who could do that? <laughs> who could do that, brothers and sisters? We're being controlled by the wrong things. And notice on your money, it says, "In God we trust," to show you that their God is money, brothers and sisters. When really, money, paper, physical green paper, it have no value to it. it the only value it have is what you place on it. So if there's something that you like, you'll be willing to pay more because it's valuable to you. So really, it's inner value. And that's the thing we must understand, brothers and sisters. Continue, brother. Verse 29. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Solomon was one of the best dressed men in history of the world, brothers and sisters. He, he was very particular about his garments and not even he could dress like the lilies, like the flowers, like the daisies. Verse 30. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Right. You've eaten since you've been born. And you've had clothes since you've been born. Now, the Most High is going to provide those things. That doesn't mean it's going to be the new Jordans. doesn't mean it's going to be the $600 jeans. But you'll have something. My mom used to tell me growing up, my responsibility is to clothe you and feed you. Not to clothe you in what you want and eat, you know, eat steaks. As long as you're not hungry, hey, that's what the Most High is saying. You should be happy enough just that you have that. Because I should have killed you a long time ago for breaking my laws. All of us, including me. Verse, 20, verse 32. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. Read that one more time, brother. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. See, that's the Gentile state of mind. You know, oh, what are they going to think about my car or my entertainment system? That new refrigerator, that stainless steel refrigerator? Do my family come to my house and say, yeah, he made it. Yeah, he got it. Mm-hmm. Look at him. We're so proud of him. See, these are the things the Gentiles look after, brothers and sisters. Continue, brother. Verse 32. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye may have, ye have need of all these things. So the Most High know what you need, brothers and sisters. But we have to understand that needs and wants aren't the same. Mm-hmm. Verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God Read and that righteousness. More, read that one more time, brother. Verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. See, that's the trick. The trick is you have to work these, you know, extra long hours and years to receive, you know, success. When really the Bible says, if you seek the kingdom, if you follow me, if you follow him, then he's going to give you what you need. See, so the world have tricked us into believing that you literally need to go labor with your hands 
you know, come up with these extravagant plans and work for 60 years so you can uh, retire, right? When the Most High saying, you seek me and I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Brothers and sisters, those who strive to store up treasures here on earth will be ultimately disappointed because why? Those things will wither away. Uh, continue, brother. Verse 33, 34. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. See, so don't even think about tomorrow. Sometimes we get into this over planning. And while you're planning, you're missing what's right in front of you, brothers and sisters. Allow each day have enough worries in itself. If you think about all the things that need to be accomplished and, you know, what you want to do and what you, you know. There's a uh, famous quote from Mother Teresa. Somebody asked her, um, you know, you've done so much philanthropy. In the world, how can you do it when it's so much? And she said, you know, I only look at one situation at a time or one person at a time, because if I see a hundred or thousands of them, it will discourage me from actually doing anything. So you got to focus on that one thing, brothers and sisters, and don't try to, you know, don't broaden yourself to where you are exhausted mentally. We're going to move forward. We're going to Proverbs chapter 23, verse four. I recommend each, you know, all of us read Proverbs when we get an opportunity. It's wisdom scriptures, brothers and sisters. It's one of the most beautiful books in the Bible. One of the most beautiful records with, you know, some knowledge that no matter what day and age you are, no matter how old you are, you can learn something from Proverbs. Me too. Proverbs 23, verse 4. Labor not to be rich. Cease from thine own wisdom. Hold on. Labor not to be rich. See, that goes against our programming because our programming, everything in us, since we were young, we're saying we do work to get rich. That's the whole point of working, right? What does the Bible say? Verse 4, labor not to be rich. Cease from thine own wisdom. See, labor not to be rich. So what do we labor for? We labor to have time of leisure, brothers and sisters. That's what we need. You work hard, therefore you can have time to be still. Therefore you can work for the Most High. You can think about what needs to go down, right? Because why? Intellectuals rule the world, brothers and sisters. People who think. They get laborers to work. See? They've taught us to be laborers. When really, those who rule the world, they're thinkers, brothers and sisters. They're not working with their hands. So what we should work towards is leisure, time of leisure, time away from, you know, working. Therefore, we can figure out how can I do less in you know, in this society and more for the most high. That's what we should be working for, brothers and sisters. We got to use our time wisely. Can you read that one more time, brother? Proverbs 23, verse 4. Labor not to be rich. Cease from thine own understanding. Right. Thine own wisdom. Right, right. The decision to pursue riches is the root of sin, brothers and sisters. Often, this desire for wealth stems from pride, which the world now erroneously calls low self-esteem. That man with low self-esteem, he needs to prove to himself and to others that he really is somebody. And the one way to do that is to make a lot of money and live in luxury and impress people. That comes from low self-esteem, brothers and sisters. When when Caucasian people get money, you, you don't even know it. When our people get money, it's like we need to prove that we're rich. I need to wear my whole everything, my savings on my neck. I need to prove I need you to think I'm rich. 
We're not supposed to labor like that, brothers and sisters. Don't labor for money. That's not why we labor. We labor for for freedom, for leisure. That's what we use our, our time for, brothers and sisters. Let's say you, you're working, you get a substantial check. for. Let's say you get a check for $50,000. Now, what should happen after that? Now you should use some of that time of leisure that you have for not needing to work and figure how can I build the Most High's kingdom. That's what we're supposed to do with our free time, not getting slipped up every five minutes, not playing Xbox every five minutes. Time of leisure, brothers and sisters. We need to be cognizant of what we want to do in our time of leisure for the Most High God. We're going to go to Deuteronomy 28 and 48. The Torah. Deuteronomy 28, verse 48. Therefore shalt thou serve thine enemies which the Lord shall send against thee. See, and that's why we have no level of animosity towards the nations or the Gentiles. Because why? The Most High sent them against us. By you thinking that they have some level of power, you're giving them too much credit. There is no way that they could, you know, subjugate us in the manner that they did for as long as they did. 99 million of us through brute force. This was something that happened through the Most High God. I spoke with a sister today, matter of fact. And she told me, I was, you know, asking her, did she know the slave ships was in the Bible? And she said, no, slavery is something that, you know, people do. That's, that had nothing to do with God. And I'm like, sister, you're giving those people too much credit. To think that they have the power to be able to come and conflict, you know, come and engage you, knock you beside your head, throw you on a boat, rape your women. Pull your, rip your children apart, you know, in half from two legs. What they used to do in slavery is they have two horses tied two legs to, you know, to each horse and then send them in different directions and rip you right down the middle, brothers and sisters. This was because of our people. This was because of our sin. Don't give that credit to somebody else. Give that credit to the Most High God. So we brought this out to say we don't blame Edomites or or any other nation for what happened to us. It's our fault. And we're going to take the responsibility because we're the rulers. Uh, can, uh, can you read that one more time, brother? Deuteronomy 28, verse 48. Therefore shalt thy serve thine enemies which the Lord shall send against thee in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness. So we would serve them. That means we would need to serve them. If, you, if you're hungry, you would need to go serve them so you can eat, so you can go buy some food. If you're thirsty, you need to go serve your enemy so you can go buy some water. That's what this is saying. In nakedness, meaning if you want some garments, you want some clothes, you got to go serve the enemy in order to get that. And why do we bring this out? We brought this out so brothers and sisters can understand the circumstance that we're in. Therefore, you don't try to sustain worldly riches because why? There's a curse on us. It's not about getting money. There's a reason why we're not getting money. There's a reason for that, brothers and sisters. And there's probably more black, quote unquote, millionaires right now than there have ever been. And our community have not changed at all because it's a curse, brothers and sisters. And we need to understand that. Don't try to fight against this world. Understand that we're under a curse. Just because we're under curse doesn't mean we have to live that curse, though. So don't think that because we're cursed, well, I shouldn't do anything. There is something you can do. You can love the Most High, which is keep His commandments. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 48. <clears throat> Therefore shalt thou serve thine enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee, 
in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness and in want of all things. And he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he have destroyed thee. Brothers and sisters, this curse was placed on the children of Israel for their disobedience. That's why. And it's important that brothers and sisters understand why we're in this condition. Why? Because once you learn to accept your current status without denial, you're not looking to sustain in this world. Because why? It's unsustainable. We're going to go to Psalms 37 and 16. Psalms 37, verse 16. A little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of, the, of many wicked. See, and this is a great scripture for those who think that the rich are better than the poor. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 16, a little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of, of many wicked. See, we got to be cognizant of that, brothers and sisters, because why? In this society, they'll tell you your only worth is your spending power or your purchasing power. So whatever you can purchase is your worth. That's against the Bible, brothers and sisters. The Most High said he came for the meek, for the humble, for the poor. Money cannot buy true happiness. Some of the most miserable people in the world who are entertainers, who can buy anything they want. They're, you know, traditionally the most lonely, alienated, unhappy people, brothers and sisters. It's better to be free of excessive wealth in accordance with the most high than to be burdened by that excessive wealth. Can you read that one more time, brother? Psalms 37, verse 16. A little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken. But the Lord upholdeth the righteous. When it says the arms, in the Bible where it says arms, that means power. The power of the, the wicked will be broken, brothers and sisters. The riches of the wealthy will not buy their way into the kingdom. No matter how much money you have, the Most High is not going to say, well, you know what? You, you made $250,000 last year. You know what? I'm just let you in the kingdom. I know you didn't follow no laws, but you got money. So that's not going to happen, brothers and sisters. And see, that's why a lot of the affluent uh, people in the world, then they're probably going to reject this because they spent the majority of their life trying to separate from everybody else. And when you come into this truth, you're not separate. We're all the same. We're all the same, brothers and sisters. We're all sinners. We're going to show you that you cannot buy your way into heaven. We're going to Acts chapter 8 and 14 because there was a time where there was a brother who saw the power of healing through the disciples. And what did he try to do? He tried to buy. He tried to purchase the Holy Spirit. We're going to show you. Acts chapter 8, verse 14 through 20. Acts 8, verse 14. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they, they sent unto them Peter and John. To show you that Christ sent us out by twos. What Corey and I do when we work together like this, that's scriptural. We didn't just make this up and say, well, yeah, brother, you read, I'll break it down. No, this is how Christ sent them out by twos. And we're looking to set, you know, set this up by twos all over the world. For brothers and sisters who have the knowledge, who are baptized, you know, we want to facilitate, you know, churches being in other areas by twos, brothers and sisters. You can't have 10 different people, you know. Because why? There's too many different ideologies. There's too you know, the mindset is different and it's actually confusing. So by twos, brothers and sisters, can you read that one more time? Verse 14. 
Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they came, when they were come down, prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Christ. Baptized. Verse 17. Then laid they hands, then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. And when Simon saw that through laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. See, so Simon saw that they received the Holy Ghost through the apostles, and now he's offering money, brothers and sisters. And this is the danger of money, because why? You have some level of entitlement now. You think that you should not have to do the work and come in like everybody else, that you should just be able to pay for it. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 18, and when Simon saw that through laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me also this power, that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. See, so now he's looking for power through his money, brothers and sisters. People believe that, you know, life will be more convenient if you, you had more money, right? The only problem with that is convenience takes away the spirit of self-sufficiency for doing things of your, for yourself. If you can pay somebody to do everything, then you're not really doing anything. So you're not self-sufficient. Continue, brother. Verse 20. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 20. But Peter said unto him, Thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. See, so their money is not going to save him, brothers and sisters. Oprah, she's going to have to repent. And go through the water. Jay-Z, beyond all these people, Barack Obama, Donald Trump, they're going to have to repent and go through the water and get in line like everybody else. They're going to have to start just like each and every one of us have started, brothers and sisters. You cannot buy your way into the kingdom. And a lot of rich people <laughs> probably don't want to hear this scripture. And they probably don't teach this scripture in Christian church. I've never heard this scripture in Christian church. Because why? Your money is supposed to show... That you, you know, that you're intimate with the Most High. And money does not show your intimacy or your closeness with the Most High God. What's remarkable about the true gospel, brothers and sisters, is that your social status has no bearing on your relationship with the Most High God. That's the beautiful thing about it. No matter how much you have or don't have, have no bearing on what the, how the Most High love you. And how he sent his son to die for you, for, me, for us. We're going to go to 1 Timothy 6 and 9. We're going into the lust for money, brothers and sisters. The danger of the lust for money. First Timothy 6, verse 9. Now, brothers and sisters, let's consider carefully Paul's words. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts was drown men in destruction and perdition. See, so the desire for money will ultimately destroy you, brothers and sisters. Because why? When you have money, you have more opportunity for sin. See, when you, you're broke, you're not doing too much sinning because you're broke. So sometimes our brokenness actually saved us. And sometimes our brokenness have saved our life, brothers and sisters. It was a saving grace, in fact. Can you read that one more time, brother? First Timothy 6, verse 9. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. 
For the love of money is the root of all evil. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 10. For the love of money is the root of all evil. You are free to plant any seed in your garden, brothers and sisters. But once that seed takes root, you are not free to pick a different fruit. So if the root is evil, brothers and sisters, then what do you think is going to come from it? Nothing righteous. Nothing but iniquity. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 10. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. See? So if you make chasing money your lifestyle, you will be ultimately destroyed, brothers and sisters. The love of money is virtually the same as faith in money. That's what it is. Belief, trust, confidence, assurance that money will meet your needs and make you happy. The love of money is an alternative to faith in the Most High God, brothers and sisters. Can you read that uh, one more time, brother? Verse 10. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith. And And I don't think it was coincidence that they promote this insatiable living in this wicked cesspool we call America. America is the only place where brothers, especially probably, you know, Israelites, they'll stand outside at 1 a.m. for some shoes. Or, 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 or you'll have people standing in line three days before an iPhone come out, when you already have a phone. This insatiable living, brothers and sisters, is promoted through America, where we have two and three TVs. We got 10, 12 shoes. This is being perpetuated through Babylon, brothers and sisters, also known as America. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 10. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But though, but thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience. See, these are the things we should chase. We shouldn't be on a paper chase. We should be on, on a the most high chase. Follow after righteousness. Follow after godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness, brothers and sisters. These are the things that a man of God, that a, a woman of God chases after. We don't chase cash. We're going to uh, Matthew 4 in verse 1. We're going to take you to where Christ was tempted with monetary gain. We're going to read verse 1. Matthew 4 verse 1. Then was Christ led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Jump to verse 8, brother, please. Verse 8. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. That's rulership, kingdoms of the world. How could he show him kingdoms? Because he rules those kingdoms, brothers and sisters. So he's looking right now to, you know, he's looking to deliver dominion in rulership to Christ before the Most High saw fit to give it to him. Because why? Christ was the ruler and the king and he's going to receive all those things but see what Satan do? He tried to give it to you before. Satan will try to give it to you before the Most High. Patience brothers and sisters. Can you read that again brother? Verse 8. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him all these things will I give thee if thou will fall down and worship me. What does this prove? This proves that all opportunities to make money do not come from the Most High. 
See, and a lot of times we get that confused. Even if it's with a job. Even, you know, just because there's an opportunity to make money does not mean that the Most High sent that. That's crystal clear. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 9. And said unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. See, so Satan will give you the opportunity to make money off of iniquity. Off of sin, you want to do that, right? And our people will be the main ones saying, you know, there'll be a brother in some heels. And then somebody will be like, well, he getting paid, though. He got more money than you. This is what's going on, brothers and sisters. As if having a bank account means you don't have law. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse nine, and said unto him, "All these, all these, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me." Verse ten, then said Christ unto him, "Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve." See, and we're showing you how Satan tried to use money and rulership and wealth as what, as a point of control. Satan will give you the opportunity to make money off of sin, brothers and sisters. Look at all the sin that's being promoted today and how people are making the money. And then the righteous are poor. If you want to promote gangbanging and, and drug use, listen, we'll give you a rap contract. Right? If you want to promote being half naked, right? And having your chest pushed up to your chin. Hey, we'll give you, hey, you can be an R&B star. Hey. Right? They'll have what? They'll have Beyonce saying what? To the left, to the left, right? I'm independent. But her husband's a millionaire. So really, she's spilling that to you. She didn't buy that, but our young sisters are buying that. Her husband's a millionaire. She's not independent. But she'll have you go follow something that you're going to have to live with, brothers and sisters. And they will pay her handsomely for that. Satan will always give you an opportunity to capitalize off iniquity. We're going to 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, brother. Second Corinthians 8, verse 9. For ye know the grace of our Lord Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. He became poor. We just read that Christ was offered dominion and rulership, but he rejected it. See, you got to be able to reject it, brothers and sisters. If it's not coming from the most high, I don't care how much uh, wealth or money, you know, something may be. If it's not coming from the most high God, you need to reject it, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Verse nine. For you know that the grace of our Lord Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. See, and this took self-control, brothers and sisters. Satan was looking to give Christ dominion and rulership before the Most High saw fit to give it to him. See? So anybody can make money. Making money is easy. Somebody can go sell drugs and make money. That's, that's easy. Somebody can go sell their own body and make money. Making money is easy, brothers and sisters. Uh, let's go to uh, Hebrews, brother, 11 and 24 to show you that Moses went through this. You can either sell drugs and sell poison to your people and be rich. Or you can choose to be poor. Right? Let's show you what a righteous man does. Hebrews 11 verse 24. Hebrews 11 and 24. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. See? So Moses turned down the luxury lifestyle. He was second in command. 
That's a luxury lifestyle, brothers and sisters, living in palaces, right? New garments. He turned all of that down to what? To suffer with our people. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. See, he abandoned his royal cachet. He had the opportunity to say, hey, man, hey, I made it out. You can make it out, too, because that's usually what our people do. Hey, I made it. I worked hard. I shot in the gym every day. You could do it, too. This is what our people do. We get out and then we kick, you know, we kick everybody else that's coming through the door, too. When Christ and Moses, they actually received being, you know, uh, being in a lower state. They said, listen, I want to help my people. And if I need to be in a lower state to do that, that's what I'll do. And brothers and sisters, sometimes that's what has to happen with all of us. Because why? There's plenty of opportunity to make money the wrong way. There's plenty. In fact, you could kill somebody for money. Somebody could pay you to kill somebody for insurance, uh, you know, an insurance claim. Would you rather suffer with your people and wait on your Lord and Savior, Christ? Or would you rather take the floss route, the fast route? The men of God in the Bible didn't do that. They actually rejected it. They rejected it, brothers and sisters. And this is something we should teach our children because why? If you don't, your son going to be the new drug peddler for the neighborhood. Somebody, a, a brother going to come up to him and say, you know, brother, $200, $300, take that. I know you you know, you probably never had that much money. Your family, they struggle. You're a good kid, though, man. Just, uh, you know, put this in your bag. Take this down there. That's what's going to happen, brothers and sisters. You have to learn how to reject evil and iniquity, even if it's attached to money, brothers and sisters. And a lot of our brothers, you know, we're weak in that. We're weak in that sense, unfortunately, as of now. Can you read that one more time from the top, brother? 24 and 25. Hebrews 11 and 24. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. So he, brothers and sisters, was a quote unquote famous at that time, a celebrity, and he rejected that to be amongst his people. And that's the kind of love we must have for our people. We can't sell poison to our own people just so we can be rich. We, I would rather suffer. We should rather suffer with our people than to show some level of iniquity and transgress against our own people so we can be viewed as better than them or richer than them. That's, that's something we should examine, brothers and sisters. Look at Moses. Look at Christ. They, all had the, they both had the opportunity to be lifted up. And to be revered as rulers in dominion. And they rejected it for the betterment of the Most High God. I'm going to go to Proverbs 13 and 11. Proverbs 13 verse 11. Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished. But he that gathereth by labor shall increase. Brothers and sisters, wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished. It seems like wealth or vanity is the only thing that gets you wealth now, brothers and sisters. Look at the hip-hop music. Look at the R&B, right? It's nothing but vanity. Look at my chain. Look at my girl. Look at my teeth. Look at my car. Look at my rims. And we'll pay you for that, too. Go spread that to your people. 
See? They'll pay you for that. Brothers and sisters, any wealth obtained through your personal power will be diminished because it's unmaintainable. Why? Because it's groundless. No root in the most high. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 11. Wealth gotten by vanity shall diminish, but he that gathereth by labor shall increase. See, we're living in a society where you can get naked and make thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars. You got Playboy magazines, right? You're being paid for strictly sin. We're in a society where a homosexual can have a show. Like, what? See? So there is ways to make wealth in your vanity. The Bible warns us against that, brothers and sisters. We're in the age of selfies, right? Everybody want a selfie, right? Some of these sisters know more from the behind than they are by their name, unfortunately, brothers and sisters. A lot of these sisters are, you know, just showing their body for riches, for rulership, for, for celebrity. That's against the Bible. And if you have received wealth through that fashion, you're going to lose it because you didn't build it on the Most High God. It may last for a minute, but it will diminish. It will decrease. Can you read that one more time, brother? Proverbs 13, verse 11. Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished. But he that gathereth by labor shall increase. Right. We're, we're dealing in a time where sodomites have TV shows, brothers and sisters. Where sisters are swinging off poles for money. This happens in our society, brothers and sisters. If you receive substance from something that opposes the most high, you will lose it. If you have to sin to gain it, it's not a blessing, brothers and sisters. We're going to prove it to you. Let's go to Proverbs 21 and 6, brother. Proverbs 21, verse 6. The getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a vanity tossed to and fro of them that seek death. See, getting treasures by a lying tongue. Further proof that Satan will give you treasure, wealth, to transgress the law. See? Vanity, we'll pay you for that. Lying. You have people who have, you know, just shows where they just gossip about people. They, it, it don't even have to be true anymore. Now it doesn't have to be true. If it's it, you know, if it's a good headline, hey, it doesn't matter if it's true or not. And people are making money off this, brothers and sisters. You got politicians who are making a you know, hand over fist, and everything they say is a lie. Read that one more time, brother. Verse six: The getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a vanity tossed to and fro of them that seek death. Seek death, brothers and sisters. Do not receive or do not chase money. Chase the most high. That's what we should chase, brothers and sisters, because Satan will give you opportunity to make money off of sin. You will be able to financially benefit off of sin. If you want to sell drugs, hey, hey, make you a thousand there overnight. See? You want to take home $400 a night? Just swing on this pole. You want TV show? Just put this dress on, brother. Satan will do it. He will give you opportunity to make money for unrighteousness. We got to be careful, brothers and sisters. It's, it's a terrible thing when Satan pay your bills. We're going to Leviticus 19 and 29. To show you that just because you have money doesn't mean it came from the Most High. Or that, you, you know, you have the Most High favors you. Or that you're close to God. 
Because Satan will give you opportunity to make money. What happened? Judas got paid for what? Giving up Christ. There's always, if you're looking to sin, there's some money out there for you. Trust me. What are you going to do? Are you going to, you know, stand tall, stand righteous as a woman of God, as a man of God, and say, you know what, I'm going to wait on the Most High to bring me whatever, you know, he had for me, but I'm not going to take the floss route, the quick route of sinning and degrading my people. Continue, brother. Leviticus 19, verse 29. Do not prostitute thy daughter to cause her to be a whore, lest the land fall to whoredom. And the land become full of wickedness. Brothers and sisters, prostitution is against the Most High. Some, you have some brothers and sisters who would take advantage of people in order to gain financially. To where you'll sell your own sister. You'll sell your own daughter. See? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 29. Do not prostitute thy daughter to cause her to be a whore. Lest the land fall to whoredom and the land become full of wickedness. See? When you let the lust of money... Instruct your actions, you need to examine them, brothers and sisters. The Bible consistently shows that Satan will be willing to pay for iniquity. He's willing. Can you read that one more time, brother? Leviticus 19 and 29. Do not prostitute thy daughter to cause her to be a whore, lest the land fall to whoredom and the land become full of wickedness. Why? Because a lot of things cross your mind when we're in a low estate. A lot of things that, you know, Traditionally, you wouldn't think about. You would compromise morality just so you can gain, right, some substance because you're in a low state. These are the principles, brothers and sisters, that will keep you from compromising yourself, compromising your morality. Because why? You would have brothers who would sell their own sisters for that dollar, fathers who would sell their own daughters for that money. Sisters who would sell themselves. Brothers. You got brothers out there selling they behind out there. For some money. It's against the Bible, brothers and sisters. And we're going to show you. Some people say, well, I made the money from doing the wrong thing. But I could use that to build up God. I can actually give back to my community. I can actually give money to the church because I was selling drugs. So now I can just go give 10%. We're going to show you that the Bible is, is against that. The Bible is against you making some level of wealth. Through iniquity and trying to use it for him. It's not going to happen. We're going to show you. Deuteronomy 23 and 18. Deuteronomy 23 verse 18. Thou shalt not bring the hire of a whore. Or the price of a dog. Into the house of the Lord thy God for any vow. See so the money that you made. From the prostitution. You can't bring that in the Most High's house. You can't bring that in the temple. You can't use that. The Most High don't want that. It's stained. It's dirty. It's filthy. Just because you had the money. If you received it. You know unlawfully. Then the Most. You keep it to yourself. Because you're going to need it. Because the Most High. Is not going to sustain you. He's not. Read that one more time brother. Verse 18. Thou shalt not bring the hire of a whore or the price of a dog into the house of the Lord thy God for any vow. For even both these are abominations unto the Lord thy God. So I don't care how many turkeys you give out on Thanksgiving. Because that's what they do where I'm from. In, in a lot of the metropolitan areas, especially in New York, you would have the drug dealers back in the day, the, the gangsters, who would pass out turkeys on the holidays and pass out gifts. You'll see even artists. One day they're calling the sister a bee 
and saying they're going to sell drugs, and then on Christmas they're giving out gifts. That's against the Bible. The Most High is not viewing that as something good. You sin to get that. You can keep that to yourself. Don't give it tithes. Don't give it offering. None of that. You keep that to yourself because the Most High do not want any cursed thing, and we're going to show you. Deuteronomy 7 and 26 to show you that money can be cursed. If it's gained incorrectly. Deuteronomy 7 and 26. Neither shalt thou bring an abomination into thine house. Lest thou be cursed. Lest thou be a cursed thing like it. But thou shalt utterly detest it. And thou shalt utterly abhor it. For it is a, it is a cursed thing. See? So if you make money through a sin. Then that same money that you have is now going to be a curse to you. That's what this is saying brothers and sisters. You cannot make money. Of something that's unlawful, a transgression of the law, and then think you're going to use that to build the most high or something positive. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 26. Neither shalt thou bring an abomination into thine house, lest thou be a, a cursed thing like it. See, so if you have some level of idolatry or an idol or a jinn or any of those things, you can be cursed through those things, brothers and sisters, even through money. Even your money can have you cursed, brothers and sisters. If you received it, uh, you know, in a, you know, in a negative fashion, a way that the Most High would deem unlawful, that money can be and will be a curse to you. It will be a snare. It will be used to destroy you. We're going to go to Proverbs twenty-eight and twenty-two. Proverbs 28, verse 22. He that hasteth it, it to be rich hath an evil eye, and considereth not the poverty shall come upon him. See, so if you're in haste to be rich, you have an evil eye. Why? Because the only thing your mind is on is how to obtain riches. That's all you think about. You're evil. You're in a rush to be rich, to be wealthy. That's against the Bible, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Proverbs 28 and 22. He that hath it to be rich hath an evil eye, and considereth not that poverty shall come upon him. See? So don't be in a hurry. Don't be in haste, brothers and sisters, to be rich. Allow the Most High to give you what's due to you in its proper season. The same way Christ did. The same way Moses did. If you receive something from the Most High, it can never be taken away from you. It can never be taken away because why? You got it from the Most High. Now, if Satan give you something, he's going to use that as a point of control. He's going to use it as a point of control. Can you read that one more time, brother? Proverbs 28 and 22. He that hast it to be rich hath an evil eye, and considereth not that poverty shall come upon him. That's crystal clear, brothers and sisters, because why? Those who sell their daughters as prostitutes, those who sell drugs to their own community, they're in a hurry to be rich. And you have an evil eye because no matter what it is, you'll do it for money. Right? If you'll sell drugs for money, then depending on the price, you'll kill somebody for that same money. You'll sell your behind for that same money. Because if you do one thing for money, you'll do everything else. That's how Satan gets you, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you. Acts 16 and 16. Acts 16, verse 16. 
And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. So, brothers and sisters, there was a sister who had a demon who dealt with fortune telling and necromancy. And it says she brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. So you had brothers who were making money off this witch. So now, not only are you doing something unlawful, but you would disregard the safety of the community to benefit, you know, to benefit financial gain. Because why? We all know in Israel, a wit, you were not supposed to suffer a witch to live. But not only are they allowing a witch to live, but they're facilitating her and financing her so she can make them money. This is what happens when you chase money, brothers and sisters. You would disregard safety of others and yourself. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 16, <clears throat> and it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the most, God, most high God, which show us unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And when her master saw that a hope of their gain was gone, they called Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace and to the rulers. So once they saw that the sister was healed and didn't have that power of necromancy, they looked to come against them because now you're affecting my money. See? Check it out. Continue, brother. Verse 20. And brought them to the magistrate, saying... These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. See, so by healing, you bring trouble to our city. See, so by telling you, brother, you can't sell drugs in our community, you know, you have a problem with that, right? This is what would go on, brothers and sisters. During this time, people would advocate for demon possession in order to receive worldly riches. When you're chasing that dollar, brothers and sisters, people would become sorcerers for money. Drug dealers are sorcerers, brothers and sisters. Because why? They're creating mind-altering potions. That would be a sorcerer in the Bible. You cooking up, you know, uh, these drugs and stuff. You were a sorcerer. And you should be dealt with. Brothers and sisters, especially the brothers, selling poison to their own people for money. That's somebody's daughter that you're selling drugs to. That's somebody's daughter that you're throwing dollars on. And our people would disregard the safety for the community to make money for themselves. Can you read those last two scriptures again, brother? Verse 19. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace and to the rulers and brought them to the magistrate, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. See? So when you receive substance from an alternative source... You're in danger of eternal hellfire. If you're not receiving this righteously through the Most High, you, you, you're dangerously close to hellfire, brothers and sisters. We, we, right here is a pure example of brothers who were wanted a sister to be demon-possessed. They cared nothing about her. only thing they cared about was the root of all evil. That money, brothers and sisters. The love of money. It's the love of it. We're going to go to uh, Mark 8 and 36, brother. We have to put money in its proper perspective. Mark 8 and 36. 
For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the gain the whole world and lose his own soul? See? So what does it matter for you to be the richest man alive if you go to hell? What does it matter? Was it worth it, brothers and sisters? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 36. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? See, and a lot of that happens in this world because people will compromise themselves in order to have worldly riches. This is what goes on, brothers and sisters. You're going to lose your soul chasing after this money. You're going to. It's going to destroy you. It will. We're not saying money is wrong. We've already established that money is good. If it's used lawfully and correctly. But if not, then it's an issue, brothers and sisters. Do not lose your soul. Do not lose your reward, your heavenly reward, for material things, for consumerism. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 36. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Gain the whole world. Let's show you what's in the world. Let's show you. First John chapter 2 and 16. If a man gain the world, right? Let's see. What does a man gain in the world? First John 2 verse 16. For all that is in this world, the lust of the flesh... And the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Brother Corey, can you read that scripture one more time? Verse 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. See, for what if a man, you know, gain the world and lose his soul? So you'll lose your soul for these things right here. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. See, so don't lose your soul for these minuscule things, for these transgressions, brothers and sisters. Because if you chase the world, if you chase that money, this is what comes with it. This is what comes with it, brothers and sisters. We're going to Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and 10. Solomon is going to discuss the misuse and abuse of money. We're going to read uh, verse 10 through 20, brother. Ecclesiastes 5 and 10. He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. This is also vanity. The more we have, the more we want, brothers and sisters. That's what this is saying, right? Who, who said that? There was a rap song, right? More money, more problems, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that's biblical. <laughs> Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 10. He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. This is also vanity. Right. The more we have, the more we want, brothers and sisters. Solomon began to inform us that money is not the secret to true happiness. Instead, it's addictive and it's unsatisfying, brothers and sisters. The more you love it, the less it satisfies you. It's a trick. The more you focus on it, the less it delivers. This is what he's saying. Verse 11. When goods increase, they are increased that eat them. And what good is there to the owners thereof, saving the beholding of them with their eyes? Right. This is saying the more we have, the more we worry. 
Wealth does not give peace or rest, but only promotes insomnia. Why? Because the rich worry about how their wealth is to be maintained. So once they have it, it's like, I need to make sure I never lose this. See? So it's a whole other set of issues, brothers and sisters, that come with wealth. And Solomon is going to go into it. Uh, continue, brother. Read that one more time, actually. Verse 11. When goods increase, there are increase that eat them. And what good is there to the owners thereof, saving the beholding of them that with their eyes? Right. The wealthy are always afraid of losing what is theirs, brothers and sisters. While what? The poor man is content with the little that he has. Verse 12. The sleep of a laboring man is sweet. Whether he eat little or much, but the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. See? See? It says the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. Why? Because he's worried about losing his wealth. Or how somebody's trying to steal his money. But a righteous man, a poor man who's content, his sleep is tranquil. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 12. The sleep of a laboring man is sweet. Whether he eat little or much, but the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. See? So if you're content, brothers and sisters, a poor, content man sleeps fabulously. While the rich can't get a, can't, you know, they deal with insomnia. Because they're just worried about their riches. Is somebody going to try to take it? And what about this? And how do I increase it? How do I double it? I had a, there was a, a famous quote that said, if you want the quickest way to double your money is to take that dollar bill and fold it up and then put it back in your pocket. <laughs> this is what the wealthy say, brothers and sisters. Uh, let's con- continue, brother. Verse 13. There is a sore evil which I have seen under the sun, namely, riches kept for the owners thereof to their hurt. See, this is saying the more we have, the more we hoard. We know what hoarding is. The, d- the tendency of many with wealth is to forget about those who do not. Just keep it all for myself. Mm-hmm. Verse 14. But those riches perish by evil travail, and he begetteth a son, and there is nothing in his hand. In the end, brothers and sisters, selfish greed only leads to hurt of that quarter. The truth is we show what we love by what we do with what we have. It's not about how much you have, but what do you do with the little that you do have or the much that you do have, brothers and sisters? Do not become a hoarder. Verse 15. As he came forth of his mother's womb, naked shall he return to go as he came and shall take nothing of his labor, which he may carry away in his hand. The more we have, the more we leave. Because why? You can't take it with you. So you can have $20 million. If you die tomorrow, that's $20 million that's getting left behind. That's what this is saying, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 15. As he came forth of his mother's womb, naked shall he return to go as he came, and shall take nothing of his labor, which he may carry away in his hand. And this also is a sore evil, that in all points as he came, so shall he go. And what profit hath he that hath labored for the wind? And all his days also he eateth in darkness. So, brothers and sisters, that previous scripture... Those those uh, passages should remind us that money is transitory and temporal. You can't take it with you, brothers and sisters. Continue, brother. Verse 17. All his days also he eateth in darkness, and he had much sorrow and wrath with his sickness. Behold, that which I have seen, it is good and comely for one to eat and drink, and to enjoy the good of all his labor that he taketh under the sun all the days of his life, 
which God giveth him, for it is his portion. Every man also to whom God hath given riches and wealth, and hath given him power to eat thereof, and to take his portion, and to rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God. To show you that all gifts come from the Most High. If you are wealthy, if you are rich, you got that from the Most High. So a lot of times people get rich and feel entitled and they think, you know, they're self-made. I, you know, I did this on my own. I couldn't read, you know, I, you know, I had a job at four. These are the things that are perpetuated. Anything you have, brothers and sisters, came from the most high God. And we got to remember that. Continue, brother. Verse 20. For he shall not much remember the days of his life, because God answered him in the joy of his heart. Right. That's crystal clear. We're going to move on. We're going to uh, Matthew 19 and 23. Today's lesson is the lust for money. We're going to Matthew 19 and 23. Matthew 19, verse 23. Then said Christ unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Brothers and sisters, the eye of the needle was a low and narrow gateway into Jerusalem. Since camels usually are heavily loaded, it would have to be unloaded. You would have to take everything off in order for the camel to get into the gate, to get into the city. That's what this is talking about. Read that one more time, brother, from the top, please. Verse 23. Then said Christ unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. So what Christ is saying is you're not getting in with all your baggage. You got to leave the baggage outside. You can't bring all that with you. That's what he's saying. It's hard for a rich man to make it into the kingdom. Because why? Like the Bible said, the more you have, the more you leave. See, and they're worried about that. They're worried about how they can keep this wealth. They can't even sleep. That's all they think about is riches and wealth. And a lot of the people who are doing this are in the ghettos. They're not, they don't even have millions of dollars and they're thinking like this. Right? If you're depressed when you see your bills, you really need to examine your spirit. You, you really do. If, you, if you're depressed when you open up the bills, you need to examine that, brothers and sisters. We're going to Hebrews 13 and 5. Hebrews 13, verse 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. See, once you become content, if you can be content, number one, that's a gift from the Most High God. If you can be content, I can give you more. Because see, what you're saying by not being content is what the Most High is giving you isn't enough. I need more. If I could just have this much more, if I could just make this much more, if I could just have another, see... You're not content. It's just like if you have children, right? And then you do something for your child, and then they just bring up everything you didn't do. Or you go buy them a $50 dinner, and then they say, oh, can I get this too? Mm. Right? Or you go buy them a pair of shoes, and they're like, can I get these too? 
Be content, brothers and sisters. If you can be content, the Most High can bless you. He can bless you if you can be content, brothers and sisters. It's not the man who has too little, but the man who craves more that is poor. Read that one more time, brother. Hebrews 13, verse 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Brothers and sisters, having a clear understanding of, you know, our circumstances and being content with it until the Most High, you know, deliver you or make a way out. That's critical. That's pivotal. That's, that's, that, that's pivotal to your growth is to be content and not to think about the things you don't have. Never think about, you know, never think about it from the things you don't have or what you can't do. If you do that, you've already lost. You can't think like that, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to James chapter 2, verse 5. New Testament, brothers and sisters. Right after Hebrews. James 2 and 5. Hearken, my beloved brethren. Hath not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him? See, rich in faith. We get our riches in faith, brothers and sisters. He says, which he hath promised to them that love him. How do you love him? You follow his commandments, brothers and sisters. You follow his commandments. If you follow his commandments, he'll give you exactly what your heart desires, what your heart is yearning for. Greed, brothers and sisters, causes people to do all sorts of things they would not normally do. Can you read that one more time, brother? James 2, verse 5. Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him? See, rich in faith, brothers and sisters. He chose the poor of this world. Nobody more poor than the children of Israel. Nobody. He chose us, brothers and sisters. Humility, brothers and sisters. Love, meekness, brothers and sisters. We get our riches in faith. Not in chasing dollar bills. Not in chasing paper. Brother, let's go to 2 Corinthians 3 and 5 to show you who is our provider. Second Corinthians three verse five. Not that we, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Read, read that one more time, brother. Verse five. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Read that one more time, brother. Excuse me. Second Corinthians three verse five. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Brothers and sisters, true self-sufficiency comes from the Most High. He is our sole provider. Continue, brother. Verse 6. Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. So we needed to show you that our sole provider is the Most High God, brothers and sisters. That's true self-sufficiency. By following the Most High God, loving Him and keeping His commandments. He is our sole provider. That is the spirit and the, the mindset that we must be in, brothers and sisters. I, you know, we're going to go as He gives it to us. 
That's how it's going to work, brothers and sisters. We're not going to jeopardize our morality and compromise ourselves for paper. A lot of people that's young do that, you know. In your teenage years, your, your, your young 20s, right? You think that your level of, you know, who you are being special is attached to you having on all this ice. For you to have all this money and have all these shoes. When really... That's 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 materialistic. That's materialism, brothers and sisters, and that actually take you away from the Most High God. That don't bring him close. That don't bring you closer. We're gonna show you Luke sixteen and nine, brother. We have to learn to put that spirit of lust for money in subjection, brothers and sisters, and it's hard, especially in today's society where, you know. It's all about having, you know, it's all about the celebrities. It's all about the rich. Especially in America. America had this, you know, this demonic, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's where we almost worship celebrities. Like American Idol. They call, it's an American Idol. Which is an abomination, blasphemy. Just like that. Luke 16, verse 9. And I say unto you. Make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when ye fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitation. What is this saying? This is saying use your substance, if you have it, for biblically based philanthropy. That's what this is saying. So if you do have wealth, you should use it for something biblical to help the Most High God. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 9, And I say unto you, Make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when ye fail... They may receive you into everlasting habitations. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. See, so if you can be faithful in something little, then I can make you the ruler of everything, right? If you're going to lie to me about something small, you're definitely going to lie to me about something big. That's what this is saying. If I can trust you to do the little, if I can trust you with the Sabbath, right? If I can just trust you to do that, then I'll give you the rulership to the kingdom. Can I trust you with that? Can I trust you just not to spend money on a day? Can I trust you with that? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 9. And I say unto you, uh, excuse me, verse 10. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? See, so if you can't even be faithful with the money that you do have and use it for the proper things. I don't know how many people I heard say, well, yeah, man, if I could just make this much money, if I could just get this, if I could just do this more, if I could just get this job. What are you doing with what you do have? Mm-hmm. Because that's why you have to continuously work and it's not sustained because you're not using it properly. You have to use it for what the most high say use it for, brothers and sisters, Right. This, you know, Luke is forcibly, forcefully making the point that wealth is temporary and the judgment of eternity is ahead, brothers and sisters. The Bible does not teach that money in itself is evil, but rather it's, excuse me, but rather it is extremely dangerous when it falls into the hands of those who are prone to sin. That's what it's saying, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 11. If therefore ye have not been right, been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? 
Listen, brothers and sisters, because wealth can be such a dangerous thing, we must be careful not to use it in an unlawful manner, brothers and sisters, or an ungodly manner. We must be faithful with what we do have. If you use what you have to benefit the kingdom, to benefit the Most High God, your cup will run over, brothers and sisters. But if you're not, you know, you're just using it to buy shoes and, you know, and bags and makeup and stuff and cars... Why would the Most High continue to bless you? Why? For what? So you can get another car? So you can get more shoes? We have to put money in subjection, brothers and sisters. We have to understand it. We have to understand its worth. We have to understand our worth, brothers and sisters. It's something we all must work on. Especially Israelites. Especially Israelites. Brother, let's uh, jump to 19. Luke 16 and 19. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So Lazarus could only eat the crumbs that came from the table. Verse 22. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in, in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. Remember, he just said, use your wealth and your riches in a godly manner. This man had the riches and never fed the poor. Allowed him to have crumbs, walk past them every single day. And now look, it has flipped. Look at the reverse. Now Lazarus is in a position to be able to help him. Or so he thinks. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 24. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus. That he may dip his, the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is, he, is he is comforted, and thou art tormented. See, so he said, listen, you live the regal life, the royal life, and, 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 and Lazarus was poor. And now, look, you didn't use it. Correctly, you didn't use it correctly. You didn't help. You didn't use. You you had no philanthropy, and now, you you know, now, eternal judgment. So if you do have wealth, brothers and sisters, you know, we must use it in a biblically based fashion. I'm not saying walk up to somebody homeless and give them all your money. That's not what we're saying. Use your wisdom. Pray to the Most High God how you can best affect your community in a positive way. With your your blessing. Can you read that one more, uh, Read the next one brother please. Verse 26. And beside all this. Between us and you there is a great gulf fixed. So that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us. When you die you go to the bosom of Abraham. Which is in the center of the earth brothers and sisters. Where you have a, a ravine. In the middle separating tranquility and peace. And total hellfire and damnation is called the bosom of Abraham, brothers and sisters. Right here, we're seeing Lazarus 
you know, in the bosom of Abraham on the tranquil, peaceful side, and you have the 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 rich man in the eternal judgment. Uh, continue, brother. Verse twenty-seven. Then he said, "I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into the place of this torment." So he said, "Can you send somebody to my father's house to my brothers, right?" Because they believe like I believe. So they're, they're going to end up here. Mm-hmm. This is what was going on. What was the response, brother? <clears throat> verse, verse 28. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into the place of this torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear, they, let them, hear them. They have Moses and the prophets. That's saying they have the Bible. Just like you have the Bible. So they'll figure it out, and if they don't, they'll be down here with you. Continue, brother. Verse 30, And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. See, so he's saying they won't believe the Bible. They won't believe somebody that came back from the dead. And that's why we don't go back and forth with brothers and sisters who, you know, don't want to call the most high I am or a higher. Because if you can't follow what the most high said out of his own mouth where he said that was his name, then I, hey, I'm not going to argue with you. You won't even listen to the most high. Hey, that's on you. That's on you. Brothers and sisters, the rich man's selfish indulgence and lack of compassion for the poor reflected in his godless, selfish focus in life. And now it's time to pay the piper. Let's go to Luke 12 and 16, brother. We have a few more passages. Luke 12, verse 16. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruit. So a man, his his harvest was plentiful. He had so much that he said, what should I do? I have nowhere to store it. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 17. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruit. See, now you can tell that the man is burdened by his wealth. Why? Because he doesn't consider philanthropy or generosity as an option. He don't see, he don't even think that he could share this. He's saying, I don't need no more, I don't have no room. I need more room. Instead of saying, you know what, let me be generous, you know, and, and, and use my wealth in, in a biblical manner. Verse 18, and he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruit and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul. Thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. So he's saying, listen, hey, I have food. I have, for the next few years, I'm good. I'm stacked. I'm racked. That's what he's saying. (laughs) To show you the illusion of money. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 18. And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul. Thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. See, and, th- and this is the problem, brothers and sisters. Here we're taught that riches easily lead us to the illusion of self-sufficiency. We start to rely on self, 
you know, we start to rely on ourselves and our riches instead of relying on the Most High. But as we shall see, this man's wealth did nothing for him in the end. Verse 20. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? See? So thou fool, right? You you created, you know, you had abundance. It never thought, the thought never crossed your mind to be generous or to deal with some level of philanthropy. You said, you know what? I need more room. I'm going to tear down my old one and build more for me. Remember the most I talked about hoarding? See, this is what the wealthy do. They just continue to obtain materials. Don't share it with anybody. Just keep it all for me. So I can show everybody all my possessions and how deep I am. And how God is close with me because I have so much. He had plenty stored up for his life, but when he died, he was poor where it mattered most. He wasn't rich towards the most high, brothers and sisters. Can you read uh, the last scripture, brother? Verse 20. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. See? So this man laid up treasures for himself. He wasn't rich to the most high. So all of the things he accumulated during his lifetime meant nothing. What is it for a man to gain the world and lose his soul? Let's move on, brothers and sisters. We're going to Proverbs 15 and 16. Proverbs 15, verse 16. Better is little, little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and the trouble therewith. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 16. Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and the trouble therewith. Great treasure and the trouble therewith. More money, more problems. See? That's biblical, brothers and sisters. It's better to be poor and fear the Most High and keep His commandments, right? Than to deal with excessive, uh, you know, excessive uh, acquisition. More money, more problems, brothers and sisters. Philippians 4 and 11. We know there's a lot of precepts, but this is something that's frequent in our, you know, in our communities. And I think, you know, we have to do our due diligence to promote, you know, righteousness and not the lust for money. Philippians 4 and 11. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. See, be content, brothers and sisters. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 11, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. See, wealth consists not in having great possessions, but in having few wants. See, that's how that's how you measure wealth. It's not about how much you have. It's about how much you don't need. That's what it's about. It's not it's about not having many wants. And see, if you're content, you don't have many wants. So you are wealthy. Because why? You have wealthy who they just want more and more and this and that and this. And then you have a poor righteous man who's content. So it so his finances don't bear any weight on him. Because why? He have everything he need. See? That's how you measure wealth, brothers and sisters. 
We got about five more passages. We're going to Ecclesiastes 7 and 12. Contentment, brothers and sisters. We got to learn to be content. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 12. For wisdom is a defense and money is a defense. But the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth light to them that have it. See, so we're not saying money is wrong. Money is a defense, brothers and sisters. But to be rich without God provides short-term advantages, but long-term loss. That's what this is saying. Because why? You're going to run through that money. Or it could possibly be taken from you because why? You can't sustain it because it has no root. It's not built on the Most High God. It's not built on a foundation. You didn't get it righteously. So you'll spend it riotously. That's what this is saying, brothers and sisters. To be rich without the Most High God... It's worth nothing. It's worth nothing, brothers and sisters. The knowledge that you have was what make you wealthy. That's what make you wealthy, brothers and sisters. We're going to prove that to you. Brother, read that one more time, please. Uh, verse, t- uh, uh, verse 12. Ecclesiastes 7 and 12. For wisdom is a defense, and money is a defense. But the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth light to them that have it. Right. We're going to Haggai chapter 1, verse 3. Old Testament, brothers and sisters. It's a few books before the New Testament. We're going to read Haggai 1 and 3. Haggai 1, verse 3. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in, in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste? Right, so everybody... It's just worried about their home and their bills. But what about the Most High's house? That's what he's saying. Verse 5. Now therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Consider your ways, brothers and sisters. Ye have sown much and bring in little. You've worked a lot and you have nothing to show for it. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. See, you eat, but you're always hungry. You still need more. You're insatiable. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. He clothed you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into bags with holes. See, so you earn wages. You looking to work hard and labor to be rich when your bag have holes in it. Why? Because you're not focused on building the Most High's house. Building his people. He said, go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You worried about yourself. You're not worried about God's people. Because if you was worried about God's people, you would do something about it. That's how Moses rejected the royalty. He, he rejected the royal, the royalty, the rulership, the dominion in order to be amongst his people. See? So you working your behind off and have nothing to show for it. The Most High saying is build my people. That's what he's saying. Because most people are only interested in their own selfish bills. Continue, brother. Verse 7. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build a house. And I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. See, so build my house, build my kingdom, build my people, and I'll be happy. Verse verse 9. Ye looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when ye brought when ye brought it home, I did blow upon it. See? So the most high saying, He'll allow you to go with your plan, and he'll blow it down like a deck of like a stack of cards. See, you had a plan for your whole life and what you was going to do, who you was going to be. 
blow it all down. Because why? You're not focused on building the Most High's kingdom. You're not focused on being righteous. You're not focused on sharing the word and trying to liberate your brothers and sisters. You're worried about how you're going to get this new car. How are you going to get these new J's? How are you going to get this new iPhone? See? It's not sustainable, brothers and sisters. It's not. Verse, mm-hmm. verse 9. <clears throat> ye looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when ye brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why? said the Lord of hosts. Because of mine house that is waste. Because what? Of mine house that is waste. And ye run every man into his own house. See? Because his house... It's waste. And every man run to his own house to protect their own. Even my family, my father used to tell me, you know, I'm not worried about them down the street. I'm worried about you. And that's not the proper, you know, I respect my father. I love my father. But that's not the proper, you know, man, you know, way of God. Because why? If you was worried about what was going on down the street, then maybe your daughter wouldn't be, a, you know, be a drug addict now. Because you was worried about what was going on on the corner. You wasn't just worried about your home. So when somebody starts selling your daughter or your son drugs, right? You don't have nothing to do with that, right? So brothers and sisters, we have to build the Most High's kingdom. The Most High have given us laws to help subjugate that desire for wealth. To subdue that spirit of selfishness. And we're going to show you some of those rules, some of those laws that he instituted in order to fight off that spirit. We're going to Nehemiah 10 and 31. These are some of the laws that he instituted in order to keep that spirit of selfishness and that want for wealth in subjection. Nehemiah 10 and 31. And if the people of the land bring wear of or any victuals on the Sabbath day to sell, that we would not buy it of them on the Sabbath or on the holy day, and that we would leave the seventh year in the exact Exaction of every debt. See, now examine this, brothers and sisters. We were not allowed to buy or sell on the Sabbath. See, that is a that's a way to keep you from that spirit of lust of money. If you can control that. Also, it says that we would leave the can you read read that one more time, brother? Verse thirty one. And if the people of the land bring wear or any victuals on the Sabbath day to sell, that we would not buy it of them on the Sabbath or on the holy day. And that we will leave the seventh year and the exaction of every debt. It says, leave the seventh year and the exaction of every debt. Brothers and sisters, that's known as the law of Jubilee. After seven years, you have to forgive all debt. No matter how much. If a brother owe you $100,000, after seven years, you must forgive it. It's called the year of Jubilee. If somebody's working for you because they owe you, because why? If you owe somebody, you owe time of servitude. But after seven years, you must be free. You must be and we're one of the only people that had this law within ourselves that you couldn't enslave a people over seven years. See, the Most High was instituting laws to subdue that spirit of consumerism and materialism, of insatiable spending, of, uh, of excessive acquisition. See, these laws here, you're not spending money on the seventh day of the week. And if somebody owe you something, you forgive it after every seven years. These were laws that he used to, to, you know, to help us grow spiritually and deter us from the spirit of selfishness and wealth. Because if you can not spend money on certain days and forgive debt no matter how much it is, right? See? 
Not banking on the Sabbath has spiritual significance. It takes away that insatiable appetite for lusting for money, brothers and sisters. See, it's not just following the law. It's deeper than that. It's deeper than that. The Most High knew why he was instituting these laws, and that was to keep you from under the bonds of lusting for money. Let's prove it. Deuteronomy 15 and 1, brother, to prove to you about the year of Jubilee, that you had to forgive debt after seven years. Deuteronomy 15 and 1. At the end of every seven years, thou shalt make a release. See, a make a release. What is that? You have to release debt. See? If you have somebody working for you, you have to release them. And see, our people, we perish for a lack of knowledge. Because had we known this or remembered, we knew that they couldn't enslave us past seven years. That's against the Bible. And anybody who knows the Constitution knows that it's implemented in the Constitution that God's laws are over government laws. That's in the Constitution, brothers and sisters. See, they were not allowed to enslave us for more than seven years, but we didn't know. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 1. At the end of every seven years, thou shalt make a release. And this is the manner of the release. Every creditor that lendeth ought unto his labor, unto his neighbor shall release it. He shall not exact it of his neighbor or of his brother, because it is called the Lord's release. See? So after seven years, you must release the debt. You must. This is the biblical perspective on debt, brothers and sisters. Now, see, this is why they wanted to kill Christ. Because imagine those home loans that y'all had. Those, those school loans, they would have to be forgiven after seven years. See, and that's why they killed Christ. Because he came in and tried to shake up the monetary system. This, this whole world is built on debt, brothers and sisters. Based off money. This teaches us not to have reverence or, you know, reverence and desire for money more than we should. That's what this is teaching us, brothers and sisters. Money is a wonderful servant, but a terrible master. It's a terrible master. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 2. And this is the manner of the release. Every creditor that lendeth unto his neighbor shall release it. He shall not exact it of his neighbor or of his brother, because it is called the Lord's release. See? The Most High established these laws that would shelter us from economic slavery, right? And economic slavery, brothers and sisters, is is more dangerous than physical bondage. Why? Because you think you're free. See? Econom- There's different forms of slavery, brothers and sisters. Economic slavery is debt. Right? That's what we're going through right now. This is what people are dealing with, brothers and sisters. Let us show you another one of the laws. Let's show you how starch our people were. Nehemiah, brother, 13 and 19. To show you the Most High had these laws in place to protect us from, to, from falling into certain snares. Nehemiah 13 and 19. And it came to pass that when the gates of Jerusalem began to be dark before the Sabbath, I commanded that the gates should be shut and charged that they should not be open to after the Sabbath. And some of my servants set I at the gates that there should no burden be brought in on the Sabbath day. So Nehemiah made sure that the gates were closed down during the Sabbath and other nations couldn't come into the city 
to, to sell us uh, victuals because that's what they would do. They would come to Israel. They would come to the Jews because they know Israel spend money. And on the Sabbath, we're not allowed to spend. Oh, continue, brother. Verse 20. So the merchants and sellers of all kinds of ware lodged without Jerusalem once or twice. Then I testified against them and said unto them, why lodge ye about the wall? So they came to the wall and just waited there to see if some Israel was going to walk over to the wall. And, hey, man, you want to buy this through the gate? You want to like this? <laughs> this is what was going on. If ye do so again, I will lay hands on you. Oh, read that again, brother. If ye do so again, I will lay hands on you. From that time forth came they no more on the Sabbath. See, so if you try to sell my people some stuff, some more mess, I'm going to lay hands on you. And it's not going to be an anointing. See? And this is how serious we were, brothers and sisters. This is how starch we were. This is how starch we were, brothers and sisters. Why were we so starch concerning these things? Because why? These statutes would affect our spiritual growth in other facets of life. See? This is, this is why, brothers and sisters. These are the people we were. And this is why they don't, they don't want you to know. Because if you picked up this spirit... <laughs> You'd be dangerous. If you picked up this spirit right here, or where you would rather fight than break the Most High's law, <laughs> that, that, that scares them, brothers and sisters. That scares them. These are the laws that were instituted within Israel. We were a righteous, regal people. We weren't money hungry. We didn't chase that, brothers and sisters. We followed the Most High. That's what we chased. We chased the Most High, and we're going to show you. Why were we so starch? Brother, go to Luke 12 and 34. We have... Four scriptures after that, and we're going to close it out. Luke chapter 12, verse 34. Luke 12 and 34. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. See? So our treasure wasn't in money. See? Our heart was steadfast on the most high, brothers and sisters. Because why? Where you spend your money at, right? You usually spend your money on things you care about, right? You're not going to invest into something that you don't really care about, are you? You're not going to spend your time with that, are you? See? And this is why we were so starched. Because we were people after the Most High's heart. Can you read that one more time, brother? Verse 34. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. See? So, so, brothers and sisters, we must get that spirit of lust for money, for consumerism, for excessive acquisition. And bind it. And pick up the laws, statutes, and commandments. We're going to show you that if you do what the Most High wants you to do, He's going to bless you. We're going to prove it. Matthew 10 and 6. To prove to you that if you work for the Most High, if you're employed for the Most High, you're going to be taken care of. Matthew 10 and 6. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as ye go, preach, saying... The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out the devils. Freely freely ye have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver, nor brass in your purse. See, so if you do these things, if you're spreading the gospel, you don't need gold, you don't need silver in your clutch, in your purse, in your wallet. Why? Verse 10. Nor script for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes. Nor yet staves, for the workman is worthy of his meat. See, the workman is worth his hire. That's what it's saying. 
if you're doing the work, I'm going to make sure you have what you need. And it's going to be on the road because you're doing the work. See, so if you go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and plant those seeds, right? Then I'm going to give you everything. He's saying you don't need silver. You don't need gold. You don't need shoes. You don't need a coat. I'm going to give you everything you need. Just go. Same way he told Jonah. Just go and I'm going to have it there for you. Just go. See, if you work for the Most High, he worked for you, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you Matthew chapter 9 and 35. Just one chapter over. Matthew 9 and 35. And Christ went about all the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes... He was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then said he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous. Read that again, brother. Verse 37. Then said he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous. See, so there's much work to be done. There's so much work to be done, but the laborers are few. See, there's so much work to be done, but nobody want to do it. See, and see, that's what our responsibility is. That's where we come in. We're going to do the labor. All of us. Our church is going to do the labor. The brothers and the sisters. We all have work to do. See, there's plenty of work to be done, brothers and sisters. See, that's why we don't go back and forth with non-believers or somebody who don't agree. Because why? We can just go to the people who are willing to receive it. There's so many people willing to receive who don't know anything about the Mosai or who they are. I'm not going to go back and forth with an Israelite who don't believe in Christ. I'll go to somebody else. We should go to somebody else who would rightfully receive it, brothers and sisters. Can you read that uh, one more time, brother? Verse 37. Then said he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers unto his harvest. See? He sent forth the laborers. We've woken up and we are going to work in that vineyard. All of us, each and every one of us. And we're going to help facilitate you doing the work. For sisters, the work is different, you know. You're dealing in administration. You're dealing with teaching some of the kids. You're dealing with teaching younger women. These are the things you're dealing with. Brothers, they have to deal with everything Christ already stated. Healing, praying, teaching, baptizing. All of these things, brothers and sisters. There's plenty of work, brothers and sisters. There's plenty of harvest out there. We need somebody to pick the fruit, though. So the Most High have called a few. He's called, brothers and sisters, and woken us up in order to work in that vineyard. Because there's plenty of work. So, and I, I always bring this up because, you know, the work that we do is, 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 is 0.5% of what's to be done out there. So don't look at what our church is doing and say... Well, I can't compare to that. Their work is so vast, I can't compare to that. There's so much work to be done. Don't let Satan use that as a trick because we're teaching something that you shouldn't do it. Well, you know, I'll just let those brothers do it because they're doing a good job. Nah, no. You get your boots on and you get out there too. There's work for each and every one of us, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you Psalms 52 and 7 and we'll close it out at Ecclesiasticus 12. Psalms chapter 52, we're going to read verse 7. Psalms 52, verse 7. Lo, this is the man that made not God his strength, but trusted in the abundance of his riches. Jump and, to, uh, read that one more time, brother. 
Verse 7. Lo, this is the man that made not God his strength, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and strengthened himself in his wickedness. See, so money, brothers and sisters, brings a peculiar set of temptations. The wealthy person, for example, may be tempted to trust in his own his own resources rather than the most high God. Read verse uh, 5, brother. Jump up. Verse 5. God shall likewise destroy thee forever. He shall take thee away and pluck thee out of thy dwelling place and root thee out of the land of the living. See law. See? So, brothers and sisters, having many possessions, right? The rich might also be willing to compromise because they have so much. See? So, if you trust in your riches and your wealth instead of the most high God... You're in for a word of trouble. You're in for, uh, you know, a trivial life. You're going to have a hard life because why? Read verse 7 again, brother. Verse 7. Lo, this is the man that made not God his strength, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and strengthened himself in the wickedness. See? The man who has devoted himself to money is a slave to it and a slave to his reputation also, brothers and sisters. We're going to finish it off here. We're going to Ecclesiastes 12 and 13. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. See, this is your responsibility, brothers and sisters. You keep you you follow the most high, you keep his commandments, and all these things shall be added unto you. If money is your hope for independence, you will never have it. If that's what your hope is, you're never gonna have it, brothers and sisters. The only real security that a man or woman have in this world is the fear of the most high and the knowledge of the most high. That's it, brothers and sisters. If you chase this money, you will fall into a ditch. If you look to make yourself rich, you will fall into a ditch, brothers and sisters. True wealth is not based on many possessions, but how few wants a man have. If you don't want for much, you're rich because you have everything you need. We we wanted to just bring forth this lesson today, brothers and sisters, where, you know, a lot of our people, especially in this day and age, you know, of social media, and, uh, you know, music videos and things of that sort, you know, uh, you know, we got strippers and all this other stuff, people just chasing all this cash, right? Then they got money, you know, movies are like, uh, what, set it off where they just, you know, they just spending all this money. And then what? They had Scarface, right? Where every brother in the hood wanted to be Scarface, right? To, so you could, uh, you know, take over the world by selling drugs, right? Aim right to our people, and while this is happening, there's there's Hispanics and brothers killing each other in the streets, based on Scarface, right? So, brothers and sisters, we wanted to put this spirit in subjection, this spirit of uh, materialism, this spirit of uh, excessive acquisition, brothers and sisters. It's not of the Most High God. We want to say, Kwam Yasharala, Kwam Yasharala, sin no more, sin no more.